I don't know. <laughs> Listen to them, children of the night. What music they make. It is midnight in Cozy Corner and around the world. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and put your feet up and get ready to howl at the moon. It is time for the late night fright with Dan and Faith right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. What have we got tonight? Tonight. We got the 2010 James Wan movie in City, starring Rose Byrne, Patrick Wilson, and Lynch Shay. Can you dig it? I can dig it. I can dig it too. I am the Coyote, and you are listening to the Late Night Fright with Dan and Faith right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. Welcome, misfits, miscreants, spooks, specters, astral beings from Dimension X, alien envoys from galaxies near and far, and boogers from around the world. You are listening to The Late Night Fright on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my very insidious co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Faith, what are we talking about tonight? We are talking about 2010's Insidious. Don't you mean Darth Sidious? Dark no. Dark Lord of the Sith from the 2005 film Revenge of the Sith? Listen, that's his music playing right now. You hear that? Yeah, but we're talking about Insidious. Not Darth Sidious. No. Are you telling me I watched the wrong movie? Apparently. Hold on one second. WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio is not experiencing technical difficulties. Please bear with us while Dan does the job he should have done last week. We will return momentarily after Dan has finished viewing Insidious. Okay, we're back. I'm good. I've seen it. I've seen it. Finally. Yeah, I saw it through the magic of time lapse. Yes. Sorry about that. That will not happen again. <laughs> so, since this is your first time watch, since you literally just watched it, yes. what did you think of it going in? Well, I mean, you thought this was a different movie, so yes. I'm curious. <laughs> yes. I watched I watched Revenge of the Sith with Darth Sidious. No, uh, going into the movie, I, I didn't really have any expectations going in. Uh, this was one, this happens every so often, one will just get away from you, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week. And sometimes movies get past you. Yeah. And, and uh, this one got past me. And I'm kind of glad that it did because I got to watch it for the show and, and get to share, you know, come at it with a fresh take, hopefully. So what'd you think of it? Oh, this was, this is, this is great. This is great. Uh, James Wan has impressed me very yeah. much with other things. And, uh, you know, this is, this is, you know, A+. plus. <laughs> I'm this glad is, you. I'm glad plus. you liked it because you know you apparently weren't watching this for even, the show. Even even though <laughs> even though dark uh, dark the Dark Lord of the Sith Darth Sidious was not in it, I was I'm still willing You're to still give pleased. it two thumbs up. Yeah, <laughs> two thumbs up. Well, we are going to indeed be talking about the 2010 film Insidious, but Faith, you know what time it is? We have some business to win. Yes, it's time for the news. Time for the news. Before we get to the news, I just want our listeners out there to know that Faith has bet me one dollar. That's one American dollar that I cannot get through the news tonight without making a mistake or <laughs> laughing. I take your bet. All right. All right. Well, we have a shocking bit of news from the Cozy Corner Circus. Sunshine the Elephant, the star attraction of the Big Top, has left to seek new gigs. During contract negotiations, Sunshine demanded more money. 
Management balked. Apparently, Sunshine was tired of working for Peanuts. I would be too. The Cozy Corner Health Society recently issued a report that says if you consume more calories than you burn, you will gain weight. In other news, water is wet, the sky is blue, and Michelle Pfeiffer is still a gorgeous woman. Very true. Very true. And I nailed that, Faith. I guess I owe you a dollar. (laughs) Jethro the Clown, a beloved entertainer in Cozy Corner, passed away this week. Jethro was thrown a lavish funeral by 25 of his closest clown friends. They were able to afford such a funeral by foregoing limousines. They all arrived in the same car. Do you know I heard that they had a 21 pie salute at Jethro's funeral service? Interesting. Interesting. Well, we are in the month of November. We've been on the air since February. We have been pleading. We have been asking. We have been writing. Faith, who are we trying to get on the show? Robert England. And who has not been on the show? Nobody. <laughs> well, no, no, well. Robert England has Actually, nobody has been on the show because, I mean, I, I think we're kind of nobodies. But uh, but who who has not been on the show? Robert England. Robert England, <laughs> right. Now, we've been offering him things the past couple yes. of weeks. Uh, you know, we, we, we have a nice little, little uh, uh, basket of goodies here. You know, yeah. I really look forward to what you're going to offer him each week because I'm really excited. Well, I'm not offering anything new what? this week. I'm 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 delivering an ultimatum. I know I know what we should offer him. Now. What's that? That the half-used bottle of vapor rub. Lavender sent it too. Yes. Lavender. Okay, fine. That's a good deal. Okay, so we're talking five dollars, mm-hmm. crisp five dollar bill, a bag of aluminum cans that he can bring to a recycling center to, and he can keep the change that he he makes off of that. Anything he wants off of the dollar menu at Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. Uh, a used block, the, the little brick that you plug into the wall, cell phone charger, uh, a 32-ounce old Milwaukee tall boy, a used computer bag that is orange and black, Halloween colors. Hey, Robert, you know, think about that. Uh, I'm going to buy him a download of the uh, Good Pooping app from the Cozy Corner Health Society. Uh, the, uh, holiday Pooping, I think is what it's yeah. called. Uh, tells you all the places you can poop. And we're going to throw in a used bottle of Vicks Vapor Rub. This is not the Equate brand or an off brand. No, this is Vicks Vapor Rub, lavender scented. And I just want to throw this ultimatum out. Mm-hmm. If you don't come on the show by Christmas, we're going to start going after Jamie Lee Curtis. That's all <laughs> there is to it. We're going to write a new song. We're going to play that song. And I bet Jamie Lee Curtis will come on her show. She probably would. She probably would. take this long. Yeah, probably wouldn't take this long. So, Robert, we love you. We absolutely love you. All that stuff and more can be yours. If you come on the show, we can do it via email, uh, telephone. Uh, I would even take a direct message. You know, you can send us a voicemail, which would be great, which would be wonderful. Any way you want to do it, we'll come to you. You can come to us. But, Robert, we would love to have you on the show. There's an open invite, but we're going to quit talking about you on the news if you don't come on by Christmas, and we're going to go after Jamie Lee Curtis. And that faith... That is the news. Robert England. England. Don't keep us dreaming. Come on our show. Come on our show. Come on our show. Prime time. Love that song. Never gets old, does it, Faith? Never. But it might not be played anymore if he doesn't come on at Christmas. He has to. He has to. We're just going to adapt the words for Jamie Lee Curtis. That's what (laughs) Jamie Lee is such a special woman to me. That's I'm just I'm just I'm just, you know, spitballing here, Faith. Just spitballing. (laughs) Well, I think we have a good one tonight. I think so, too. I think we have a pretty good movie we're going to be talking about. Faith, what movie is that? Insidious. Insidious, not Darth Sidious. (laughs) We're going to be talking about Insidious and possibly Darcidious when we get back from the break. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we will see you on the other side. <sighs> this is uh, Harrison Ford and that big HF host of the Straight Dope here on the radio and what not? Why is a straight dope number one? 
because people want the straight dope. On the straight dope. Join me this week for a shootout that promises to be very exciting. It's a city shootout. We've got uh, Chicago Blues going up against uh, San Francisco Rush. Chicago Blues is so blue it's green, and uh, San Francisco Rush is so green it's gold. Um, I'll also be talking about some of my favorite limericks, dirty limericks. The uh, man from Nantucket will be in the studio, so promises to be very exciting here on the straight dope on um, whatever radio station that says I'm This is Burt Biederman, Cozy Corners resident old bastard and host of Bustin' Balls with Burt, the most politically incorrect show on the radio. This week I'm gonna tackle a really hot topic. Those people who honk at you right when the light turns green. What's up with them? I'm gonna bust their balls right here on the radio. Join me for Bustin' Balls with Burt Biederman right on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. Turn down the goddamn music! Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. You know, Faith, I had an offer to go on Burt Biederman's show. Did you? No, I'm not going on that show. I don't want him to bust my balls. (laughs) But I do agree with him. I don't like people who honk at you right when the light turns green. I mean, it's like, it's like, yeah, boom, there it is. And they honk, you know, like, it's like. You have no room to talk. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't honk at people when they, you know, I'm talking like right when it turns green. I get you. Right when it turns green. So, and uh, of course, uh, the straight dope with Harrison for the number one rated show on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. Why, Faith? Because people want the straight dope exactly. on what? The straight dope. On the straight dope. That's right. <laughs> and uh, speaking of Harrison, uh, we have a bit of music uh, at the end of this episode. Apparently, some of the bands and uh, musicians here in Cozy Corner got together and they recorded why they did this. I have no idea. They recorded a Jimmy Buffett tribute album. Now, we got asked to do this and we said no. Yeah, I'm not yeah. a Jimmy Buffett fan. Sorry. I, yeah, I'm not a huge Jimmy Buffett fan. No, yeah, you know, more power to you out there right. if, if you are. I, I know the Parrot Heads are a great group of people. I, this music's just not my thing. I did hear from the bass player George Porter Jr., who plays with the Meters, uh, for all you out there who like the funk and like the real funk. Uh, George Porter Jr. did a summer tour with him, and I, I've met George several times, and he said he's never had more fun than he than he had when he was on the road with Jimmy for that summer. And I can see that. I'm yeah, sure that music is probably sure. a lot of fun to play. I just, I, it's not my cup of tea. But uh, Harrison recorded his favorite Jimmy Buffett tune uh, for that album. And guess what? We have it. We're going to play it at the end of this episode. Well, right. So stay tuned for that. You know, we talk about horror movies here, and we also introduce you all out there to some real horror. <laughs> so. <laughs> Speaking of horror, we are talking about the 2010 American-Canadian supernatural horror film Insidious, directed by James Wan, known for his work on both the Saw and Conjuring franchises, Annabelle, Aquaman, and The Curse of La Llorona. Did I pronounce that right? I think so. La Llorona. <laughs> Sounds good Is that like My Sharona? Yeah, just like <laughs> La 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 la, Lorona. Written written by Lee Wanell, also known for his work on the Saw franchise, and stars Patrick Wilson, Rose Byrne, and Barbara Hershey. It is the first installment in the Insidious franchise and the third in terms of the series' in-story chronology. The story centers on a couple whose son inexplicably enters a comatose state and becomes a vessel for ghosts in an astral dimension who want to inhabit his body. The film was released in theaters on April 1st, 2011, and was Film District's first theatrical release. The film is followed by a sequel, Chapter 2, released in 2013, and two prequels, Chapter 3 in 2015, and The Last Key from 2018. And Faith, here we go. 
I have a little brief synopsis. Would you like me to read this synopsis? I would. Is this synopsis brought to us by the good people at Wikipedia? It is. Wikipedia, it's not lazy. What is it? It's efficient. It's efficient. So Josh Lambert and his wife, Renee, move with their three children, Dalton, Foster, and Kelly, to a big house. When Dalton is exploring the attic, he falls from the ladder and hits his head on the floor. The next morning, Dalton does not wake up and stays in a coma, but the doctors are not able to diagnose his problem. Three months later, weird things happen in the house and Renee sees apparitions. She is sure that the house is haunted and convinces Josh to move to another house. Soon, Renee sees ghosts in the new house and Josh does not believe his wife, but his mother Lorraine tells him that she also had a vision of a fiend in Dalton's room. They invite a medium and Lorraine's old friend, Elise Rainier, who brings her team of ghost hunters, Specs and Tucker, to investigate the supernatural phenomenon. Elise explains that Dalton is a traveler with the ability of leaving his physical body to travel in astral projection. Now his spiritual body is lost in a place called the Further that is not for the living and entities are gathered trying to get inside his empty physical body. Among these entities, there is a demon that needs Dalton's body to cause pain to the others. Lorraine discloses that Josh is also a gifted traveler and must seek out Dalton in the further and bring him back. Ooh, Faith, this was your pick for our movie of the week. What is it that you like so much about Insidious? And I just want everyone out there to know I've known you a long time. You really like Insidious. I really do. You really do. What is it you like about this? I feel like you know that it would take a lot to scare me, right? Yes. These movies actually scare me. Okay. That's why I like them so much. It takes a lot to really make me like, oh, you know, really jump. Okay. So I think these movies are just, well, this one is just so creeptastic. I love it. And she is not underselling that. It does take quite a bit to scare her. For Mm -hmm. her to go, oh, that was scary. Like scary, not (laughs) creepy. Like, like, ooh, that was scary. Like, get her. That's, uh, that's. That's really good. This uh, I don't want to say that it scared me. Uh, there were a few moments that did have my skin crawling. That mm-hmm. just do you know that feeling when you really get scared? You mm-hmm. know the feeling I'm talking about. Uh, I know. That little tremor underneath that just just shoots through your body yes. all at one time. You know, uh, like like a wind passing yes. through you or something like that. This was a first time watch for me, mm-hmm. and I have to say, this really is fantastic. This is I was watching this movie and I was catching so many things, references to other movies, homages, you know, you get a lot of vibes of different movies. Mm-hmm. But with that said, this movie is its own thing. And th- this is just great. James Wan, he really, really oh, yeah. is good. Well, what did you think of the story? Because there's so many ghost movies, but this isn't really haunted house. It's more haunted person. Right. You know, so what did you think of that? That was a great take. And that was the most interesting hook in this to me is mm-hmm. that it was the person that was haunted. The other thing that I liked is that it wasn't like a straight possession movie, right. you know, a demonic possession or something like that. So I was talking about movies I was catching. So the DNA of this movie, as we like to say here, is poltergeist. There's the exorcist involved. I also got a shining vibe from this. Mm-hmm. And funny enough, I got a little bit of a nightmare on Elm Street yep. vibe from this. One of the things that I really like about this movie is that it's set in the suburbs. If you've mm-hmm. been listening to the show for any length of time, we've talked about certain films. Halloween put the horror right in the suburbs. Yep. Nightmare on Elm Street put it right in the suburbs. Poltergeist is probably the most famous example of putting it right in the suburbs. This movie is right in the suburbs. It's right in the middle of this all-American you know, uh, modern family. And there's not a damn thing they can do about it. I love the way that they told this story, too. Yeah. I love it. I did, too. I think it, like I said, it, it feels like some, something that could really happen, you know? And it makes it that much creepier. It really does. One of the things that I liked about the story was there were some misdirects, I felt. And the dad, the great story with uh, Josh, that's his name, mm-hmm. right? I want to get his name right. Yes. Josh, played by Patrick Wilson. I did not see him being a traveler coming because my thought as I'm watching this movie is what's happening is another movie kind of built into the DNA. This is a movie, uh, What Lies Beneath, Mm -hmm. where you've got family problems. And I was catching that little bit of that vibe and I'm going, 
Because there's so many scenes where he's late getting home. He stays late at school right. at school until 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. I'm not going to be late. They need me to grade papers. You can't go home and do that. <laughs> so you get the idea that he's having an affair. You know, right. there's a misdirect. This dude is bringing whatever this is into this house. Then for a split second, I thought he was abusing the kid in some way. I thought that there was some kind of rookie do going going on I, I don't know if it, if it was you know kitty fiddling or if it was just uh some kind of physical abuse or or uh you know uh, emotional abuse i right. got a feeling that he what i'm saying is the twist of him being the traveler and going to get him they were building him up to something and i was not seeing that coming i thought he was the source of the evil in the house I thought they did a great job of that. And and we've talked about this on the show. You and I are pretty sharp. We can see when when things are coming, mm-hmm. when there's a twist. I didn't see that. I like that. And I like that it's um, an inversion of the poltergeist mm-hmm. where the mother has to go in to the other side and get Carol yeah. Ann. He has to go in and get the son. I really, really like that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a pretty bold uh, choice. And you see, I'm the same way when I first watched this a few years ago. I never saw that twist coming either so i think they did a really good job on that like i said i i think that the story and and the direction uh and and patrick wilson's performance mm-hmm. does this great job of you're casting an eye at him and you're you're not sure what's off exactly. with him mm-hmm. you know he doesn't want to believe all this right. you know and uh like i said I, I i love that element of the story i love his part in it how often do we see fathers like this you know like like the father goes and, and does this because not very often I, I i can't think of anything right Me off the top of my head you know mm-hmm. and this is not a knock on you know the female empowerment movement right. you see so much girl power these days you know it's so nice and this movie is almost 10 years old now but yeah. to see you know the dad going yeah. in and getting like i said and that's a uh inversion of poltergeist which mm-hmm. i which i really really liked speaking of the uh poltergeist did you catch the the great poltergeist reference in this with um the two guys, Specs and Tucker, uh, after they had one of their encounters, uh, I believe it was Specs had a stake on his face. And there's that famous scene in Poltergeist <laughs> with the stake. And yes. I went, oh, that's <laughs> I was like, that's just I thought it was cute. I thought it was really nice. Oh, my. So in the back of my mind, I'm like, they know they're making Poltergeist, <laughs> you know, they, you know, but I didn't feel like it was a it was a rip right. of, of Poltergeist. Right. I, it feels, I like, it feels like its own thing. Right. Apart I, from that. Yes. I, but to answer your question, I, I really like the story here. I like that it's not just a simple possession movie. Right. I like that it's uh, something something bigger. A little and deeper, I, yeah. A little deeper. And I like the metaphysical aspect of it with the astral mm-hmm. projection. And we talk about this on the show quite a bit. I like that it's about opening doors. And, yes. and uh, in this case, the kid didn't know he was opening the door. But no. it's about opening doors and being very careful about exactly. going through those doors. Because you do not know what is on the other side of those doors as uh, affable and kind as some of it might seem in the case of the old woman who's been haunting Josh. Yep. So. <laughs> so let's you want to talk about the cast. Yes, let us talk about the cast. Who would you like to start with? Let's start with Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson. I like Patrick Wilson. I've been a fan of his for several years, uh, going back to Watchmen, the, uh, mm-hmm. the Watchmen movie that Zack Snyder did. He is always solid. I think he's one of our great character actors. Uh, the dude can also sing. He was in the uh, Joel Schumacher uh, Family of the Opera film from 2004. I'm not a fan of that movie. He was great, though, in it. And I, I will give it up for, you know, things I like that all the time. Uh, it was okay. Uh, I didn't know he could sing. So. He can sing. Um, he's uh, He was great in a movie called Morning Glory with uh, our old buddy Harrison Ford and Rachel McAdams. He's he's one of these guys, when he pops up, it's always welcome, right. you know? And, and we talked about, uh, there was an actress we talked about uh, recently, uh, Michelle Monaghan. Mm-hmm. You know, he's in that category for me where it's not like you're seeking out their work, but when they're there, it's like it's you, good, you know yeah. they're going to be solid. Yeah. Um, he does a great job. He has a great job, like I said, not to sound like a broken record, of making you cast a wary eye on him Mm -hmm. throughout this movie. And he plays it really great because uh, even when he's not into the supernatural stuff, you still feel he cares for the kid, you know, that it's, it's a really good performance. Uh, Don't underestimate people like Patrick Wilson because uh, they bring a lot 
to things that maybe are not on the page. Yeah. He's he's very solid. Uh, he it's easy to overlook a guy like him, but mm-hmm. uh, I think he's great. I think so too. I think he's really everything, great. like you said, everything I've seen him in, he's been yeah. you know yeah. like a breath of fresh air. When <laughs> what did what did you think of him? I thought here? it was awesome. Yeah. I think he does a good job of. Um, like you said, you keep an eye on him. He's got this kind of mysterious quality to him because you don't know what he's going to do. And I think he's really good. So let's turn the let's turn it a little bit to let's, let's, we're going to turn <laughs> we're going to turn the camera angle a little bit to his uh, to his partner partner in crime in this movie his his yes co-star <laughs> as it is we uh, we have talked about her on this show before we talked about. Her on the uh, cage match episode that we did on the 2009 Nicolas Cage film, Knowing. Uh, we are talking about Rose Byrne. She has been in uh, a lot of things. She was in the TV show Damages. She was in Bridesmaids. Uh, she's in a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, she's in this movie too, isn't she, Faith? She is. She is. Uh, how are we going to, how we want to start this? I'm going to let you go first. Oh, okay. <laughs> What do you think of Rose Byrne here? I'm so sorry. I'm just not a fan of hers. Not I a just, fan either. I'll back you up I'm on that. I'm so sorry to say I'm, that. I I'm not a fan either. I hope she's not listening. <laughs> I'm sure she's a lovely person. I'm sure she is. She just, there's something. I'm so sorry. I'm knocking into stuff. She's so kind of lifeless about her performances. It's there just, is a very lifeless There's like a dead quality. look in her eyes that just. And. I want to go back to knowing there's this line reading she has in knowing we have to save the children that still to this day haunts me. And she seems very apathetic here. Very just I'm reading the words on the page. Mm -hmm. And listen, I, I don't know what her situation is here. I don't want anybody out there to think I'm judging her, but she looks unhealthy, too. Mm -hmm. She's so thin and she wasn't always that thin. She's so thin and she almost kind of reminds me of like a bobblehead, you mm-hmm. know, I, and I'm not trying to be mean. No, I'm really I, not. I know. But it's so just lifeless. And I was watching this movie and I was thinking, why didn't they get Drew Barrymore or Rachel McAdams or someone of that, you know, mm-hmm. you know, her her age bracket, right. you know, um, I that's it, it was it was difficult at times for me to watch her mm-hmm. because I didn't feel any sense of urgency from her. No urgency, no real emotion, no intensity. It's just Yeah. And the worst offender of, of her acting in this movie is uh there's a scene outside where Patrick Wilson as uh Josh comes home and he's been out late and she confronts him because she has found the uh, bloody demon's foot on the bedspread. And she's, uh, uh, you know, there's accusations that are flying in that mm-hmm. scene. It's a pretty dramatic scene. It really is. And she is so just monotone and washed out. And I know you could make the argument, well, the character's beaten down. Yeah. She's doing the exact same thing that she's been doing for the entire movie, uh-huh. you know? And, and I and honestly, for most movies that I've seen her in, unfortunately, yeah, it's just, yeah, it, it really reminded me of knowing, yeah, and my biggest gripe with the movie is Rose Byrne. And again, if if you like her performance in this, listen, we know we're living in the age of the internet and uh, the no fun generation as it is. We're, we're not talking bad about you. And we're not, I really don't want to sound like I'm talking bad about Rose Byrne as a person because I'm sure she's lovely. She's been right. working it, for it, years. It's not and really her necessarily, it's just that performance and yeah. what she's kind of not putting into it. Yeah, and, and I didn't feel a lot of... Uh, you know, as Robert Downey Jr. says in Tropic Thunder, emotionality. You know, I, 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 I'm sorry out there if you disagree with me. I just wasn't feeling her right. in this movie. Me neither. Which I hate to say that because everything else is so good around mm-hmm. her. I know. So that's that's as Forrest Gump, you know, that's all <laughs> I have to say about that. <laughs> kind of is what it is, I guess. You know? <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. You know, yes. It, it's a good movie. It's, Regardless, I, I would say it's a great movie. Yeah, I would I say mean, it's a great movie. Yeah, and and I'm not even going to say that it succeeds in spite of her. It's just she's, you know, you, you never know what's going on with people. But I just I didn't I didn't like that performance. Me 
neither. Yeah. So what'd you think of uh, Lynn Shay? Okay. Let's move on to her. So I was watching this movie and texting you and I said, Rose Byrne, this is awful. Like, and I mean, I was same you thing. You literally put Rose Byrne equal sign awful. Yeah. <laughs> and this was a repeat of our uh, knowing conversation when we were doing that on the cage match uh, episode. And, uh, uh, in, in case you're wondering, the cage match episodes, we pitted Nicolas Cage films against each other to determine the cagiest. Uh, Face Off was indeed the winner. Those episodes are all available wherever podcasts are found. But it was a literal repeat of that conversation. <laughs> and uh, the text that I got back from you, Faith, was, don't worry, Lynn Shay makes up for all of it. And you were completely right. Because right? <laughs> Lynn Shay is horror royalty. She was in the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street film. The original one, uh, her brother is Robert Shea, who founded New Line Pictures. Lynn Shea has been in uh, some big movies, some little movies. She's always a welcome presence. Mm-hmm. She's a uh, working character actress, one of those faces when you see her, you go, I know her. What do I know her from? But uh, I think she's wonderful. I think she's, I think she's awesome. So you agree that she makes up for kind of Rose Byrne not Absolutely. being as there? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Lynn Shea... As uh, Elaine Rainier, the medium, I think she brings great energy to this. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about poltergeist. Okay, so it's hitting all these poltergeist beats. And it would be so easy to do the Zelda Rubenstein thing where they bring in Zelda, you know, about the same time point yeah. in the movie. And Zelda, of course, Zelda, you know, was uh, what, four, eight, four, nine. She talked like it, you know, had that great, you know, this house is clean. Yeah, you know, however she talked. <laughs> Sounded like our old buddy Scott Rice, mm-hmm. host of Laser Beams, pew pew. Um, Lynn Shay brings, yeah, I I really liked her energy in this. I like that character. I like uh, kind of a pre pre trial run on uh, uh, the Conjuring universe with uh, uh, what are their names? Uh, Elaine is it uh, Elaine? The Lorraine. The, Lorraine and, and uh, Edward. Ed, yeah, kind of a kind of a trial run uh-huh. on that, right? And uh, she's great. She has she's she's warm, and it's nice to see a character like this who's not a total flaky nut job. She's very <laughs> grounded and centered, and and uh, dare I say it, normal. Yeah. Yeah. I still feel like she's a little. Oh, she's off. Eccentric, she, maybe. <laughs> left of center. She's a little left of center eccentric. Yes. But you're right, though. She is normal. She's not the cuckoo who's coming in, and you've got ghosts in your house and being all weird about it. And there's, a, there's a calming influence to her, mm-hmm. which I think is really wonderful. And one of the things I want to say about her that I think is so wonderful, she plays centered and grounded so well and normal, as we said, and she's really in control mm-hmm. for the most part. And what's great is when she gets scared at the end, it carries all of the weight. Yep. That was a great scene when she got scared at the end of this movie, you know. And uh, she's she's really great. And I love the authority that she has. And like I said, so she comes in carrying all this authority. And when she kind of doesn't have an answer or is worried, you you really, <laughs> you know, you, you start getting worried too. Yeah. yeah, she's great. She's really yeah, good. Yeah, I feel like this movie doesn't work without her, you know. No, no. I feel like she's definitely, she was definitely needed, definitely necessary. Yeah. And you know, I mean, you know, Lynn Shea is not a movie star. Right. You know, she's not a movie star, but uh, there's any number of people that could have played this. And I'm so glad they got mm-hmm. her. And I'm always happy when I see actors like Lynn Shea shine, yeah. you know, act, real actors, you know, and actresses. And, uh, you know, the guy that just passed away, Robert Forrester, who was one of our great character actors, was one of those guys. I was always happy when I saw Robert Forrester get cast because, you know, they could have gotten Harrison Ford or yep. somebody. But they got Robert Forrester, you know, and it's like, that's cool. That's a choice. <laughs> wow. You know, and that says a lot to me, you know, that yeah. they got Lynn Shay. You know, that's that's so cool. And I really, really think she's uh, I think she's. She's really off the chain here. I think so too. She's probably one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. Really. Oh, she yeah she 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 kicks uh she kicks the movie in overdrive for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. I would like to talk about my, about my favorite character. Yes. The demon. Yes. Oh, yes. what do they call him? The uh the lipstick face demon. Yeah. Or the red face demon, or the man with fire on his face. Yeah. Kind of a Darth Maul look from that's six, Phantom Menace. That's exactly. <laughs> I was thinking. Kind of that, and kind of a. Uh, um, 
uh, uh, Fred Krueger, uh-huh. New Nightmare uh-huh. from the 94 film when he was a little more sinister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they had a, a love child, uh, yeah. Darth Maul and Fred <laughs> Krueger had a, had a strange weekend in dreamland. Uh, yeah. I, and not only was I getting the Fred Krueger vibe from the look, but also from the uh, from his lair mm-hmm. in the further, you know, and yep. uh, him sharpening those those talons that he has and, mm-hmm. and the look there like the boiler room almost. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty strong. It was pretty on the nose. So that was my question. What did you think of this demon? I Fantastic. Mean, yeah, Fantastic. I think, that's, I think he's the one that creeps me out the most through this whole movie when he pops up and he's just there. I'm going to be honest. He wasn't the one that creeped me out the most. It was a little kid. The really? Kid. Yeah. Oh my God. When he came out of that, uh, he didn't creep me out at all. When he came out of that little closet thing that he was in, that yeah, yeah. And when he was dancing the tiptoe through the tulips, yeah, that See, bothered that didn't me. Scare me. That bothered me. No, he's he's very menacing, and uh, he's definitely uh, he's a he's a great villain. He's a, he's a great booger. Yeah, I think so. good the monster he crawls on the wall. Yeah. Clean, yeah. Again, you're getting all the best parts of uh, of Elm Street and Poltergeist and yeah. The Exorcist and all that in that in that thing. You know, wanting to get in. Yeah. Really cool. And uh, I do give this movie a one up on Poltergeist because you never get to see the other side in uh, in the Poltergeist, but True. you get to go into the further here, which I think is really mm-hmm. great. So uh, Elise eventually explains that he's not in a coma. That obviously he visits these astral planes when he sleeps, and he doesn't know that mm-hmm. he's traveling. Um, but that's what I was about to ask you. What did you think of the further where Dalton is stuck at? That's, yeah, kind of like a, a metaphysical way station, right? Yeah. It's, uh, I thought it was really great. I mean, I th- did you see that coming when No. they kind of, you know, when no. you got there? No, I did not see it coming and I did not see it being what it was. And I really love that it was what it was. That it was just a very minimalistic take on where we are. Mm-hmm. And it was very familiar and it wasn't too out there. And I love that he had to walk through it. There was something very kind of uh, Greek about them going into the underworld. You know, you, the great heroes have to go into Hades and, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and uh, you know, confront the, the lords of the underworld. I felt like uh, Patrick Wilson's character was doing that. You know, I felt like I, it, it was very neat and creepy, but not over the top right. and very practically done. And I think lent it a sense of realism, which was great. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, while I'm watching this, I'm going, could you imagine what, uh, and I don't want to harp on Freddy Krueger here, but could you imagine what they could do with like his dream world now with taking that bent on it? You know, I thought it was just re- really cool. It'd be really wonderful. Yeah. I thought it was really, really well done. I love the idea too of, of that kind of, limbo purgatory Mm -hmm. you know astral way station you know uh pit stop you know uh, because i don't think they technically call it hail but you kind of assume that's what it is you know well past that red door yeah yeah (laughs) and that red door of course was another one where i'm going oh the the door on the house in you know 1428 you know on elm street you know uh again it's it was on the other side of that door yeah you know that's yeah kind of terrifying right? do you think a place like this actually exists like the further in the real yeah. world. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to say that it's like this because, I mean, truthfully, I could tell you that it's like that and claim to have the answer, but who has the answers, right? <laughs> no one no one has the answers. Well, here's another question. Do you believe that people can actually travel to places like this or, yeah. or something like that could happen? Oh, yeah. Bring things in? Oh, yeah. And you know what? I think they can bring things back, too. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is... I believe in astral projection. I think it's something that needs to be uh, treated with kids' gloves. Mm-hmm. Kid gloves. It's. Uh, I've read some stories. I've, I've read have some stories. Have you ever done it before? Um, have I ever done it? Um, possibly. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm not being funny. Like, uh, I think one time I did, you know, I was dreaming. I was looking at myself and I dreamt uh, I was seeing somebody else on you. So I, could I have astral projected? Yeah. Possibly. It's possible. I'm not going to tell you that I did, but it was possible. My yeah. mom claims that she does. And I never have, but it's always something really intriguing. I've always tried to look it up, and I don't know. It's kind of it kind of creeps me out in a way. Yeah, somewhat. It uh, <laughs> it, it's something that creeps me out. Yeah, and again, you know, you can uh, possibly bring something back. That was my yeah. next question. Do you think people are unaware of things they let in, even through other sources? Oh God, yeah. And I, mean, I think people are unaware of the things that they carry with them. With their thoughts and actions and deeds and words, you know, things that attach to them. Because I, I do believe, and we've talked about this on the show before, but if first time, welcome. 
we have talked about on the show that we believe in energy and that uh, negative energy can attach itself to, to mm-hmm. you. And you can not be aware that it has attached itself to you and it could be feeding on you, feeding on the environment, you know, making things, you know, awful. Uh, it's out there. You know, mm-hmm. there's literature out there, you know, and not kooky, new agey literature. There's literature out there on that. But uh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I agree. Like we've talked about it before. So, I mean, right. I just, you know, I think people do need to be careful. And I think this makes it even creepier that you can do it through sleeping. You know, something so normal. Right. Part of your everyday life. Right. And I've heard it, you know, in relation to meditation, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that I liked was the uh, old lady who had, who had uh, approached Patrick Wilson's character as a child uh, being something very affable and likable mm-hmm. and, and a kind-hearted old lady who turns out to be this entity trying to get in. And, you know, you hear these stories of people trying to get in touch with their spirit guides. I want to get in touch with my spirit guide, my spirit guide, my spirit guide. You know, uh, negative entities, from what I know and have read, uh, can impersonate things and yes. can impersonate uh, kind-hearted individuals. They're playing with you, uh, as, uh-huh. as I've heard. Uh, so be very careful of what beings that you are getting in, in touch with. I'm not trying to be on a soapbox here, but uh, no, I agree. your intuition, that, that feeling in your gut mm-hmm. will always tell you what is true and what is false. I, I yeah. believe that the Bible calls that discernment. So use your discernment, you know, and again, this is not a religious spiel or, you know, but uh, these things are out there and, and they're very easy to go through these doors mm-hmm. and be careful what doors you want to go through and which doors you open because you can bring crap back with you <laughs> exactly <laughs> and it's probably crap that you don't want no not at all so no i'm right there uh, so yeah yeah i do believe uh that this is a pretty good you know depiction of some of those bigger ideas that mm-hmm. uh that people y- open doors are and- not and these aren't esoteric ideas either you, you can right. look these up right you know yeah but what about you? Are you 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 down with the idea oh, that this is this is out there? Absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, it, it's it creeps you out more that could that really happen while you were sleeping? You know, could you really bring something back and just you know an everyday thing that you do? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I think the movie's making the point that uh, it's not you know you have to be very gifted like like this Dalton kid was. So um, maybe. I yeah. Know. Just just be just be very wary. <laughs> No, I'm right there with you. Um, so we talked about jump scares. I think this movie is yeah. full of them. Do you agree? Uh, yes, but not in an overbearing way because jump scares can work one of two ways. You know, we we just did an episode on Doctor Sleep, the mm-hmm. new film that's out based on the Stephen King uh, novel, and uh, that movie has a few jump scares in it, but they're so effective because I feel like they're earned. Right. You know, this movie I feel earns those jump scares. This is not reliant on the jump scare to uh, facilitate the horror right. as it is. No, no, no. The situation's horrifying. Uh, there's enough other stuff. Yeah. You know, so no, you know, some people are against the jump scare. I like a good jump scare if it's done well. Right. Yeah. I think it's done so I, well. Yeah. Here. I really like the kid running out. You yes. Know, you know, that, those were the ones that were getting me. Me know. and my sister watched these movies last Halloween. I think we watched them maybe one a day for the four days. And I had to literally sit with her to watch these movies because she was so scared. <laughs> yeah, I can, I, I can totally get that. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, that's why when totally. I'm like, you I mean, when I say jump scares, that's that's what gets me in this movie the most is that unexpected. They turn the camera. There's something there. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, James Wan really, I want to make this point. He really takes his time with his shots. There's not a lot of quick cuts. Mm-hmm. He really takes his time, lets his camera move. So you're moving with the camera, so you're in the frame, and you, uh, like you said, when the camera moves, there's something there. Uh, he he's really a master, yeah. And be, uh, I don't know if he's a master; he's becoming a master of this of this genre. And I'm so impressed by things that he's done. I am too. And uh, I wish him a very long and and good career because yeah. I, I feel like we need more movies from him. Yeah, I think so far what he's brought out. I think he's been doing a really good job. He's solid. He yeah. has a style. You can tell it's a James Wan film, and mm-hmm. I love his use of lighting and colors and, and things of that nature, and I think he really brings a lot to it. I think he's very sharp. Yeah. I, I really do. I think so, too. Uh, he's a guy I, uh, I'm, you know, we need more name more, filmmakers, yeah. you know. Exactly. Guys with distinctive styles, and he has one, and, and I'm glad that he loves this genre and wants yeah. to work in this genre, and I'm glad he's doing Aquaman, too. 
you know, I'm glad he's he's moved into other things too. And I know he's going to always be dipping his toe in this genre. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, he's wonderful. I think the direction here is absolutely mm-hmm. great. He establishes mood and tone so early, and he doesn't deviate from them. Yeah, you know, that's that's hard to do, and he does it really I well. I know, especially like I said, I'm very picky about newer films. You know, um, I think people take a different direction on them, and I think what he's doing is just really good. So I'm really glad that he knows what he's doing for the most part. This doesn't look like a modern horror Uh -uh. film. It doesn't. And no offense to modern horror films. There's some of those out there I like. But, you know, they they all kind of look the same after Uh a while. You know, the the, uh, Invisible Man movie that's coming out in February that we just saw the preview for looks like a modern horror movie. And I'm just uh, so bland and blasé. You know, this doesn't look or feel like a modern horror movie, although Mm -hmm. it is modern right and, and i think he's great yeah i think he's I really think he great. brings a little bit of that kind of classic thing that everybody wants you know and yeah yeah and you I'm can tell you can tell that he 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 likes and holds up those old movies yeah. in high regard and i i appreciate him for that and I, i've seen interviews with him. he seems like he's just you know an awesome guy <laughs> an awesome guy and grateful and grateful you know yeah. and and wants to go out and do a great job and he's i think he's knocking out the park i really I do so too. i really think so too <laughs> I'm glad he's making these movies. Absolutely. Do you want to go take a break now? Yeah, let's take a break because we have some music on the other side, don't we? We got to get some water and, uh, you know, all that good stuff. We do have more stuff to talk about. We do have more stuff to talk about. Well, I am Dan. (laughs) And I am Faith. And we will see you on the other side. Rice, host of Laser Beams. Pew, pew. That's Laser Wiggy and Beams Wiggy with your update from Laser Games. Pew, pew. Tonight's high score in Laser Tag was put up by Hammer69. She had 814,000 points and 152 CK. That's confirmed kills. Kills with a Z. She only had 152 kills because she only killed men. Slabanob69 was the high scorer in Skee-Ball and she redeemed all of her tickets for a keychain that reads Eat Me with a picture of a cupcake on it. We all had quite a good laugh over that. Be sure to join me, Scott Rice, host of Laser Beams. Pew Pew right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. Also be sure to check out my other show, Trekkies. Zoom Zoom and Bags and Boards. Flip Flip. I'm Lorena Luckett better known as the hammer because I'm smashing the glass ceiling of the patriarchy. Join me for the power of woman on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. My topic this week, the misogyny of salt. It's also probably racist because it's so white. Help me raise awareness for this misogynistic racist condiment. Join me in the fight at hashtag salt so white. Hashtag salt so white. The power of woman. Only on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we are going to finish up talking about 2010's awesome, awesome movie, Darth Sidious. No. Insidious. 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 Are you sure you've been talking about the right movie the I think whole I time? Have I think I have been. <laughs> Ewan McGregor was excellent in this film. No. Wrong movie. Patrick Wilson. Was Patrick good. Wilson. That's it. Yeah. He played uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? Oh, man. All right. No, we're talking about the right movie. This movie, directed by James Wan and starring Barbara Hershey and Lynn Shea and Patrick Wilson and Rose Byrne. There you go. Who also showed up to act in this movie. (laughs) No offense, Rose. We we love you. 
We love you, Rose. So, Faith, we have a few more things to talk about before we get to our Jimmy Buffett tribute track from the big HF, Harrison Ford, host of The Straight Dope, right here on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. Faith, that is the number one rated show here on WKMF. Do you know why it's the number one rated show? Uh, because people want the straight dope on the straight dope. That's apparently, yeah. That's, That's apparently that. We live in a town full of stoners. So... <laughs> Uh, one thing we do need to talk about here is the musical score. This mm-hmm. was composed by Joseph Bashara, who also appears in the film as the demon. I wonder if that's a reflection on his music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if James Vaughn was like, you're going to be the demon too, man. <laughs> like, I don't know. This was uh, performed with a quartet and a piano. A bulk of the score was improvised and structured in the editing process, although some recording sessions began prior to filming. How did you like the score for this film? I loved it. It has become one of my favorite pieces of music from a horror film after rewatching this. Is there anything in particular that uh, is striking you? The violin. Okay, that's I'm ma- interrupting you because I'm yeah. so excited about it. There you go. It. She's making this face too. That's kind of crazy. Um, <laughs> so it's the violin that's making you uh, say that this is one of your yes. Because the violin so. is like in my top five favorite instruments. Okay. And just that way that it sounds, it just sounds, yeah. it's just scratching and it just sounds bizarre yeah. and weird. It's so good. Yeah. Too many of these movies, uh, the soundtrack becomes sound design or it becomes uh, this overbearing thing with these drums where the drums are just pop, 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 mm-hmm. you know, uh, see any superhero movie that's out. Uh, no offense to superhero movies. But uh, you know what I'm talking about. There's uh, those big know. tribal war drums that are just, you know, jamming the yep. entire soundtrack. This score is kind of quiet, mm-hmm. kind of quiet, kind of kind of does its thing, you know, doesn't have a lot of the trappings of modern scores, does it? Exactly. And uh, the improvisational nature of it, uh, the late, great James Horner scored Feel the Dreams. He did Feel the Dreams uh, very improvisationally. So, uh, you yeah, know, that's not without precedent, but uh, it's it, it's a good score. It's really oh, yeah. good score. You know what's great? You kind of don't notice it. Really? You know what I mean? Um, and what I mean by that is it's doing its job so well. True. That it's it's adding and not detracting from the scene. And when I think uh, of a score detracting from a scene, I'm noticing the score and going, what is this? Why Very is, true. Why is this what it is? Very true. <laughs> uh, again, see the big tribal marching heavy drums in most uh, superhero films yeah. uh, that are out today. So... <laughs> Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of the score, and I'm, I'm kind of, it's kind of cool that he played the demon. I like that. I think it's cool. So some other great elements here in the movie, uh, the set design, uh, you know, the look of the further, the demon's lair, all that. Where are you on that? Because I, I really like it. And as I said earlier, it's grounded in a real-world sensibility with just a little bit of, uh, you know, weirdness to it. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me a lot of Wes Craven's New yeah. Nightmare from 1994 when they go into the underground uh with uh the fred demon uh i was getting that vibe again because yeah. the elm street vibe is so over this right. but uh i thought that was great and i also like the designs of the houses you mm-hmm. know because it just looks like an everyday house yeah it looks like a normal house but i love the look in the shots of the long hallways and yeah. it just kind of feels you know yeah. kind of ominous and um there's something about that the demon's lair i love it's the most gorgeous the red tone to it the yeah. chandeliers i love it yeah and it really ties in with the visual effects mm-hmm. you know because the look of these spirits is really neat yeah. i like the uh the little like instant photography effect i'm going to mm-hmm. call it where they would move you know yeah. like they'd move from one part of the frame to the other mm-hmm. in a jerky motion um like that especially the uh the two spirits again that shine mm-hmm. reference uh did you have a favorite of those of course, I love the demon, but if we're going to, you know, kind of venture to else, I love the old lady. The old lady uh, was creepy, but the one that scared me was the biker looking dude when you first see him when he just kind of walks yeah. in. That Yeah, that I like his shadow me, on the porch out. and he's just in the room all of a sudden. That's Yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah, I really I really enjoyed the uh, the design aspects of it. They, they really did a great job on this. Mm-hmm. This was made for not a lot of money, and it made a whole lot of money yeah. because it proves that you can make movies efficiently, not cheaply, and if they have a good story, an engaging story, people will show up exactly. to watch them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of ghost movies out there. Yeah. And I apparently did not realize how many are in my top ten. Yeah. <laughs> 
Because this one definitely is in my top ten. Does this rank anywhere for you? Uh, I don't know that I have it ranked yet uh, because it's still new for me. Uh, But as far as a ghost movie goes, I do like a good ghost movie. My favorite being The Sixth Sense. And that's another one that we've covered on this show before. And uh, I'm I'm really proud of that episode, by Mm -hmm. the way. And that episode is available wherever podcasts are found. That is not a shameless plug. We are both very proud of of that episode. I think it's one of our best that we've done. So please check that out. But uh, that's probably my favorite ghost movie. Um, you know, some of the older hammer stuff, you know, they have ghosts in it, but um, that one, I don't have it yet, but this is really, really, really good. You know, wow. really good. Do you have any favorites? Favorites from the movie? Yes. Um, the things I talked about seeing that, uh, that biker looking demon for the first time, uh, the design of the, uh, the demon mm-hmm. itself, uh, the uh, the kid the kid run into uh, to tiptoe through the tulips uh, the little twist with Patrick Wilson being the gifted one because you usually assign that to the to the female yeah. nine times out of ten in a movie yeah. like this really you know so much of this movie I, and I don't want to seem like I'm picking on her but really I like the whole thing outside of Rose Byrne's performance and it's still okay right you know I loved when the dad kind of dismisses uh you know that he's a traveler yeah and then he sees his artwork in his room yeah i love that moment yeah this does such a good job of setting everything yeah. up and that's good storytelling and yeah. this is this is a good story it's a good yarn it really it's a good is. campfire yarn it really know? is uh anything else that's really that's really all I have from it. You know, the great Lynn Shea performance too. That yeah. you can't not talk. And we didn't talk about Barbara Hershey. Barbara no, Hershey is a is an Academy Award nominated actress and she's been in some uh some really good films and some okay films and you know. Uh she's great in this. I think, I think so she too. brings another level of realism and, and grounding of the movie and it's always good to see Barbara Hershey. And no offense, but she has more like emotion than Rose Byrne. Yeah, yeah. More like emotion, that's that correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always good to see Barbara Hershey. And uh, my favorite, though, I really do uh, think is the casting of Lynn Shea, which yeah. that to me, uh, again, I don't want to you know beat that in the ground. That says something to me. You could have gotten Sigourney Weaver or Jamie Lee Curtis. And I know they're on a budget, and but, you know, right. sometimes people will cut their price. But, you, no, you got Lynn Shea. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Does this make you want to watch the other three movies? Absolutely, it does. Good, because you really need to very soon. And we're going to do an episode on those as soon as uh, I get those knocked out. <laughs> Wonderful. Anything else? I think that's it. Do you have anything I you would like I, to add about Insidious? I think that's it for me. Let me ask you this question. How do you think the sequels and prequels stack up? Does it feel like one big story? Oh, yeah. Do you, are These you, are excellent movies. Good. Love them. I'm really excited for you to watch them. I'm looking forward. And uh, like I said, as soon as we, uh, as soon as I do that, and we have we have the minutes, we are going to make a, a show. But probably about all of them. Yeah. yeah all down. the movies seem to have the same, in, the really good intensity. Good. So I'm I'm kind of I'm always shocked when I see, uh, you know, four movies like that that can carry through. So they're right. they're really good. And Lynn Shea is a through line, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I really am, and I can't wait to to talk about them with you because I mean. It's always nice when you talk about a movie that someone loves with them, mm-hmm. you know, and it's always nice to talk about a movie that someone loves with them when you're new to it. Right. You know, and their passion can And can it's very rub rare off. when you're new to a movie. <laughs> it is. And and I think we need to do a month where mm-hmm. it's first time watches for me because I love doing these shows because. I've seen a lot of movies, like Dwight Schrute said on The Office. I know everything about film. I've seen 250 of them, over 250 of them. No, um, I have a few years on you. I've seen more movies mm-hmm. than you. But every now and then, one sneaks through, and I love that. I love doing these shows, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, yeah, thank you for introducing this to You're me because I'm, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to moving on with it. So I know. I'm excited for you to watch them. You know what I'm excited about? What? We have a new track. Yes, we, we do. Have a, we have a piece of music. Have you heard this yet? I have not. I haven't either. I'm very excited. So apparently this is uh, Harrison Ford, the Big HF, performing Jimmy Buffett's Come Monday. Yes. Uh, he's a big fan of Jimmy Buffett from what I hear. And this is his uh, cut on the uh, Jimmy Buffett uh, tribute album coming out of Cozy Corner, Latitudes and Attitudes. So I, I don't know what else to say except <laughs> here it is. I'm ready. Uh, I don't think you are. I don't know if I am either, actually. I don't either. We might need to get uh, Lynn Shea in here. <laughs> All right, we will see you on the other side.
heading up to San Francisco for the Labor Day weekend show. I got my hush puppies on and I guess I never was meant for litter rock and roll. And honey, I didn't know that I'd be missing you some. Come Monday, it'll be alright. Come Monday, I'll, uh, I'll be holding you tight. I spent four lonely days in a brown LA haze and I just want you back by my side. Yeah, it's uh, been quite a summer. Running cars and uh, westbound trains. You're off on vacation. Something you tried to explain. And darling, I, I love you so. That's the reason I just let you go. Come Monday, it'll be alright. Come Monday, I'll, I'll be holding you tight. I uh, spent four lonely days in a brown L.A. haze, and I just want you back by my side. I can't help it, honey. You're that much a part of me now. Remember the... Uh, night in Montana or Jackson Hole when we, we said there'd be no room, no room for doubt. There's a steel guitar, that's, that's nice. I hope you're enjoying the scenery. I know that it's pretty up there. We can go hiking on Tuesday with view I'd not walk anywhere. California is warmly quite thin. I, I just can't wait to see you again. Come Monday it'll it'll be alright. Come Monday I'll be holding you tight. I um uh, I spent four lonely days in a brown LA haze and I I just want you back by my side. Four lonely days and a brown LA haze and I just want you back by my side. Alright, I'm done with this. Faith, what does my face look like right now? You look a little shell-shocked. <laughs> I feel a little shell-shocked. Uh, I have a note here. Apparently that was done in one take. Well, okay. I think they needed to fix something, but uh, he was done. And he said it right there at the he, end that he, he was, was done. <laughs> he was done. What did you think of uh, the Big HF's take on uh, Come Monday? And I said I'm not a big Jimmy Buffett fan. It's one of the few that I really, really, really I like that yeah, song. It's a decent song. Good song. That, that was pretty good. I think all the lyrics were in the place that they needed to be. Yeah. And there was some steel guitar, apparently. Yeah. The band sounded nice. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you, as always, for joining us here in our little neck of the internet wilderness. Uh, we know you have a lot of options to what you uh, at, to what you do with your time, how you spend your time, and we're thankful that you chose to spend a little bit of your time with us. It means a lot to us, and thank you for uh, stopping by, and we hope that you come back and see us sometime soon. We have a uh, pretty good november lined up for you and mm -hmm. faith next week we have a movie that is a first time watch for you yes. uh, so we're switching back to our normal uh <laughs> the normal uh what's the normalcy the, the normalcy of the show, of the show yeah uh we're gonna be doing the movie tremors from 1990 starring kevin bacon fred ward michael gross and reva mcintyre and this movie is so much damn fun it should be illegal i love this movie great kind of classic creature feature going back harkening back to the 50s and uh, i'm excited that it comes it. from universal is is all the more better and uh you're gonna love this movie I'm I, so excited. I, I know you're gonna love this movie you're gonna love these two guys and this creature so uh any final thoughts on insidious I think that's it, other than I am so ready for you to hurry up and watch the other ones. You know, on that note, we just need to go ahead and close up shop here so I can go watch those right. movies, right? And, and make sure you're watching Insidious. Insidious, not Darth Sidious. Right. right. I think he's in that new Star Wars movie coming out. <laughs> well, there it is, Faith. It's that time already. Time Did we have that much fun tonight? I, I 
think so. I think we did. Yeah. It was a good time. It's time to say goodbye now, I guess. It is time to say goodbye. Thank you all again for stopping by. We really sincerely appreciate it, and we hope that you come back. Faith, let's go ahead and sign out. What do you think? May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep, keep your, your monster, monster on a leash. leash. We will see you on the other side. This is a coyote for the late night fright. We hope you got good vibes from the show tonight. Just remember, there are doors out there you shouldn't open. Doors you shouldn't go through. And when you're out in that world and you're feeling them bad vibes from those doors that have been open, bring those positive vibes to the front. If you can't find them in the world, look deep inside your heart. They're right there waiting for you. We'll see you next time.